American Timelines is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. So now I'm obsessed with time. Come on, tell me about the time. Had it all in my head tonight. Had the time of my life. When the words all come down, like blues on Tuesdays come down. Throw it all away. Welcome to another episode of Um. American Timelines by History for Jerks. I'm Joe. And you may notice that I'm Amy's not here. Amy's not no. saying anything. And um, I'm going to give you just a quick uh, informational uh, piece here before we start today. Oh, info dump? Yep. But shh, shh, I haven't introduced you. You don't, you don't exist yet as far as our listeners go. Sorry. Um, Amy is now a man. No. Um, Amy is very busy. School started. She's at a new school. She's got new kids, new age kids. Like, it's not new age kids, but she's got young kids. It's a whole new thing for her. She's learning how to do it. She's really, really busy. She spends all of her free time laminating things, um, or else the kids will eat all the lesson plans. Um, so they're that, <laughs> they're that little. Uh, but So she has really no time, and she's been just overwhelmed and this stopped being fun for her. Doing the research has been more of a chore, and that's not the point of it. It was supposed to be a, a fun hobby for us, and and her stress of trying to have time to research was not good. So we we decided to take a break. We're going to take a break and do it. And then I said, well, we do it biweekly, and then it didn't get any better. We yeah, You saw last week we weren't here. It didn't get any better. Like She's still just stressed, so she's just going to take a hiatus. And I thought, well, we can do I can just have like a Joan Rivers or something or a uh, a, a temporary, you know, re- couple of replacements. I can call a couple of people that have been guests on here to fill in from time to time or we can try a couple of people or one person or whatever. So I've decided because I want to keep it going because we have listeners and if we stop recording too long, we'll just lose everybody and nobody will ever subscribe again. So I want to keep it going. Um, and even <laughs> even though I hate the true crime part. I want to keep American Timelines what it is. So I have a special guest that will fill in. And today I thought for this week, I thought a great guest would be someone has never been on the show. So you guys don't know him. So we're introducing him new to you. But for about, gosh, it's probably going on a year now. uh, This guest and I have been working on a side project, like a potential podcast, a potential YouTube channel, uh, all kinds of things. So we've been sort of like meeting and recording shit, just bullshitting for hours and hours on a weekly basis for, <laughs> it's almost been a year. Uh, uh, and so it's all content that I'm slowly getting to and dripping out. But so I want to introduce you all to my co-host this week. Uh, please welcome my friend, Steve Bishop, La- hey. uh, Gruff, or otherwise known as Gruff yeah. from the Gruff yeah, and no, Loucher. Steve, yeah, welcome. You're, you're allowed Hey, thanks, yeah. Joe. Thank you very much. Yes. I, appre- I appreciate you reaching out. I appreciate you uh, uh, letting me take care of the child rape. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the murder. So, I, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. So this will be funny because uh, we yeah. don- it dawned on us this week as we were kind of discussing the show and what we're going to do and that fact that I thought it's kind of funny that this will probably be one of the few podcasts out there hosted a uh, true crime podcast 
podcast hosted by two people who don't like true crime. Yeah, no, I no, doubt I, that I, most I, people have to like it. I would guess. Yeah, no. I, well, I mean, I, I uh, my mom is a big fan of true crime. Yeah, that, that was my first exposure to true crime was unsolved mysteries yeah. when I was a kid. It, that was a true crime show. We didn't. I don't it know was, if we called yeah. it that. Like, I don't know if that was even I, a genre then. But like, I think it was. I, I like. I would. I would. I would hope true crime fans would be bristling by us referring to unsolved mysteries as a true crime show just because it doesn't feel like it's yeah. as true crimey as w- what people who enjoy the genre talk of. Yeah. You know, well, it's, uh, it's definitely a precursor. It definitely, definitely is. Yeah. And there's a lot out there. Yeah. And, and so just to warn everybody, just to give you a little backstory on who Steve is, Steve and I have been uh, best friends since about second grade when Brett Burns yeah, moved away. Yeah. Um, and so we have spent a lot of time together over the, uh, gosh, years, however many years it's been, 30-plus yeah. years. Been, yeah, it's, We've known yeah. each other, 40, probably getting on 40, close to 40 years. We've known to, each other. Like we're, we're getting closer to 40 years of friendship. We've lived now. together. Uh, we lived together through college. We have smoked pot together. We've drank together. We've, uh, we've showered been, together. Yeah. We have showered uh, we together. We played sports together. We that's the showering together. Rode, rode our bikes to th- in third grade. We we vomited together. together where there was no alcohol involved. Yeah, we were sick as kids together and yeah. stuff. So we've so my my first thought of having Steve was like I was like uh, to do this show. It really I think what really helps make it is the chemistry Amy and I have. And of course Amy and I have been together for twenty years now. Uh, been married for almost twenty years. Um, you've been you've so, been a, a thickest thieves. Yeah, so it kind dynamic of, duo. Yeah, fun. we can kind of play yeah. off each other a little bit. I thought, uh, well, Steve would be great because he and I have that same rapport. So it'll be like we always kind of know what each other's thinking and that kind of thing. Uh, and we just got done spending a lot of time together this summer. So I thought, and and so I, we already do this anyway once a week. So I thought, let's let's do some American timelines. If you don't mind doing some research and talking about murder. And he was, yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I enjoy spending time. Like Hunsakers generally make my day better. Oh, that's you nice. Know, the the time, time spent with the Hunsakers generally time well spent. Well, and, and I think another thing too, is that I am convinced that Steve is a character that needs to be unleashed on the world. Like, you need oh. to hear his voice. Like his voice needs to be heard. It's that's his real voice. It sounds like he's no, doing yeah, a no, voice. I'm, that's how he talks. I was thinking about <laughs> if I should do a voice. Should I do a radio voice? Should I use a phone voice? Because I can do no. variations on the theme. But I'm not gonna. Yeah, he's just that's his voice. Like I think people I'm will be like, "Who's that? Who's that gruff guy? Yeah. Is that he talking like Wolfman Jack?" And that's how he talks. Yeah, um, no, that's Wolfman Jack was was an idol of mine growing up because I thought <laughs> I thought he was a wolfman. I didn't it, it's what his cartoon said was yeah. true. So Yeah, so you thought yeah. So Steve's gonna be here and we're gonna get right in. So we're we don't know when Amy's gonna come back. She might come back in, a, in three or four weeks. Uh I'm not she sure might if come we'll back do this during week. the recording of this. She might just no, kick open the door. She definitely say, won't. She's been on the phone with a guy trying to fix the printer for about four hours now. Oh gee, and she's about Christmas. ready to set the house on fire. So she won't come in today. She won't I don't I'm not sure if I'm gonna do this weekly or if I'm gonna do it bi weekly because I've been a little bit busy too. I'm trying to get nerd school going too. Um and some other things. So I'm not sure, but we will at least do bi weekly. 
for you guys to keep you guys engaged. Hopefully, and maybe on off weeks, maybe I can put out some uh, best of episodes like we did. It's just a lot of work, and I've, I've been busy with stuff picking back up with theater. So, but anyway, let's get right into 19. We left off in 1953. Hopefully, uh, everybody's still holding on and waiting for more murders and rapes. Uh, but Steve is going to cover that today. And, and oh, you may hear me call him Gruff. Uh, we have a YouTube show called Loud and Gruff. And we've only got one episode done because I'm lazy. Take me no, because you're, you're busy with life and children. And yeah, the Gruff and Loud show. Because that was our names in college. We call it, We had code names. He was Gruff. I was Loud. And it's it, the Gruff it and Loud was, show, the Loud and Gruff show, something like that. And so you can see that yeah. on the History for Jerks YouTube channel if you're interested. There's just five little five minute episodes. Uh, there's only one out right now. I'm, I'm almost done with the second episode. Uh, but anyway, if you want to hear that, you can. If you like Steve, after you hear him, which you will, you'll want to see him live I, and see I, how beautiful. I appreciate he is. your confidence. Yeah, uh, you're an attractive young man. Uh, I think you're an attractive young man yourself. Well, we're attractive for, older men, really. Yeah, we're, we're we're. I think we're attractive middle-aged white guys. We are middle-aged white guys, and that is yeah. a sad thing. We, I mean, straight white guys fucking suck generally. So we apologize. Yeah, no, like I, I was just going on, going off today about fucking white people. Yeah, you know, I was. I mean, I, I almost, I kind of wish I was gay, just to be a little bit less lame than a straight white guy so yeah no i mean it, i'm thinking you and i should probably try to suck each other off just so that we're not straight white I, guys i mean if i could if i could get a hard on over a dude i'd be very I, i'd be kind of stoked about it it might open up some doors <laughs> i don't think my partner timia would be too happy about no, it. yeah i think she'd understand though because you're just trying to she be would. less lame exactly and, and as long as i let her watch i think she'll be down Wow, she's into that, huh? Well, American Timelines has taken a weird twist already. It has been. Maybe we should... Uh, Let's jump into the history. Let's jump back into the timeline, I, back I in the 1953. 1953. And we're covering, just so you know what we do on the show, if you're new, we cover the timeline that we're all in right now. Not an alternative timeline, not an alternate universe. The timeline we're in that people may have forgotten about. The and shared reality we're in. The shared reality we're all experiencing uh, and, and we're in June. We're about to start June 1953. We left Ooh. off in May. So Summer I have some time. things that happened, and I'll cover some things that happened. Pop culture, odd news, uh, politics, whatever. Can I interject yeah. with some? Okay. Well, you can interject anytime you want. That's well, the other no, thing. Like, you say whatever you want. I mean, whenever I, you want. I was, yeah. Right now, do you have something to interject? No, yeah. no, other than... Other than snark and snide, yeah, no, anything, anything you want to say, and and that's the thing is we don't know what each other is going to talk about, so it's genuine reactions here on American timelines. Oh yeah, no, the, the uh, level of authenticity is sickening. Yeah, and I'm shirtless just so people want to because people. No, yeah, I, I feel bad for wearing it. Yeah, it's hot and I'm sweaty, and I just got back from Lowe's. I had to buy a new range hood. The range oh, hood is bad. I gotta try to install it myself. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, but I, I, I'm sure. Just but that's enough about us. Let's, let's talk about June 1953. And do you know, Steve? Like, are you like in tune to 1953's history? No. Like, are you like, oh, June? No, that's I'm, the month this happened. No, no, I am not. I kept. I I thought about doing some backstory research on kind of what you would be covering. Yeah. But then I was like, no. No, I mean he's not looking up my he's not looking up my crap. I'm not going to look up his. Right. So it'll be genuine reactions. That's what we're looking exactly. for. It's like you genuinely react. So June second, 1953, was a Tuesday, and I found some information on a website called Royal.uk 
because on that day Queen Elizabeth II was was coronated. Oh, nice! Yeah, as got qu- the crown as Queen of the UK. Yeah, nineteen fifty three. So, and she's still queen. Like she's yeah. still the queen. She's like I think she's one of the longest ruling monarchs of of the modern era for sure. The one just to make you feel a little bit realize how long it's been. The the queen before her was born in the thirteen hundreds. Nice. Wait, that can't be right. That's not right. That's probably wrong. But no. uh, well, I mean, maybe there are some kings before. Maybe yeah. Now, oh like, yeah, probably. Before, yeah. yeah, who was before her? I don't even. I don't know queen anything. Victoria was. She was. Yeah, she was the one before her. So I. I'll tell uh, you. Well, I, don't I mean, know. I think. I, I think there's. I think there's uh, a monarch. At least one between. Queen Victoria and Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, I thought you were saying Queen Victoria was the one right before Queen Elizabeth II. No, I would hope not, because she was she was like the 1800s. Oh, okay. I don't or know. Maybe she was and like I, the late 1800s. I honestly don't really give two shits about the royals. Like that's one thing Either. I've never cared about. I've never been a royal fan. Are you a royals fan? Uh, I'm aware of them. I like. I was like. Do you watch? The, did you watch the royal wedding and all that? Uh, I watched, I remember watching Charles and Diana's royal wedding at my Aunt Libby's when I was a very <laughs> small child. Aunt my, Aunt, my Aunt Libby was really, she, she was the one that didn't get me into the royals, but she was the one that taught me why there are still monarchs. Oh, okay. She explained all that to you. But you didn't like the recent one as an adult. No, Harry. And I could give two fucks. Barbara or whoever it was. Like no, you I, I. I mean, I think it's. I. I think it's <laughs> funny because fucks. Harry. Harry married an American chick. Yeah, and I think it's funny. Well, maybe that it was lost. Harry. Whoever it was in the royal. But you know, I think the thing about the royals is to me is like it's a lot like bowling. Like, you know how like every once in a while you'll find out you have a friend late in life. Like you'll know this friend for years, and all of a sudden you'll find out one day. They're one of these bowling nuts that's like really good at bowling and oh, yeah, yeah. grew up like studying bowling and yeah. and they have a glove and all that. And it's like you're oh you're one of those people like they seem normal completely except for that. So with the Royals, there's people that I know suddenly they were like tired on the at work the next day and I'm like what's the matter? Oh I I got up at two in the morning to watch the royal wedding. I was like you care about that? Oh yeah, yeah I'm big into the Royals. And then, like, there was, bo- yeah, people are just, some people are just into that for some reason. No, no, I, I, it's like I, a secret I, find out. I think it's weird. And I think they're, I think it's proper for them to be ashamed of that. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I should be ashamed. I take that. I, I I've think just that never understood the fascination about some rich person that's had well, privilege their whole lives. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's like the Trump, the same Trump fascination. I don't get that. Well, it, it's, see, it's, I think it's, like the Trump fascination, and that's like a twisted, like that's what happens with we wanted the Kennedys back for too long, because I'll yeah. blame the I'll, I'll play blame, blame I'll blame the whole fascination with Trump and the Kardashians as something that started in America as a obsession with the Kennedys. Yeah, I mean it's it's I think it's similar to that, but so well, just, yeah. here we go with. You know, this whole episode is going to be an episode of two guys side covering, tracks. well, sidetracks, but also covering shit that they don't care about. Like, yeah, we, we hate really true crime, know. but we're going to talk about it. And I hate yeah. royals, but I'm going to tell you, I found a website, royal.uk, had 50 facts about the coronation you you may not have known. So I'm not going to read all 50 of them. I took some that I thought were interesting and maybe good Ooh. talking points. Um, but 
I don't know if you knew that she became the queen of the UK, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, Pakistan, and nope. Ceylon at Westminster Abbey is where it happened. Yeah, so I, 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 I did not know Pakistan. I didn't the other one, no idea. I didn't know that I didn't know that she still held sway in New Zealand. No. Nope. Like, I, I just kind of assumed that they just were yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. You know? No idea. So that's like something you learned. Canadian, like Canadian stand ups will reference the Queen in such a way that I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, and I'll say I think now that you mention that, I think when I've heard Canadians saying the Queen, I probably in my head thought they had a queen. Maybe yeah, they have no. a Canadian queen up there. I don't. I don't oh know man, anything. that would be really cool. If they had a Canadian queen. There should be a can't Canadian queen. Yeah, no, you're going Caribbean. I'm going American woman. Get into my car. Get in the back. Billy Ocean always. All right, uh, Westminster Abbey has been the setting for every coronation since 1066. I knew that. You didn't know that. I didn't know that. Oh, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of history. Here's you know, why. Here's here's how she became. She succeeded to the throne. Uh, actually, she succeeded on the, to the throne on the sixth of February of 1952, uh, but the coronation was this day on the death of her father, King George the sixth. She okay. was in Kenya at the time and became the first sovereign in over 200 years to accede while abroad. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, the coronation service began at 11.15 a.m. and lasted almost three hours. It, it The service fell into six parts. And I love these. I mean, you may be familiar with these. Royals might be, but I love this. The, uh, it fell into, the service fell into six parts. The recognition, the oath, the anointing, the investiture, which includes the crowning, the enthronement, and the homage. Nice. Uh, all those parts. Th- those aren't the parts. It's the stuff that comes along with it. So um, there, during the anointing, there is some anointing oil that they use. Yeah. Uh, and the anointing oil contains... Do you want to guess what's in the cano- anointing oil? I, I, I mean, <laughs> uh, I, palm oil <laughs> and uh, sweat of the firstborn son of that day. Let me I ask you, know. have you ever heard of ambergris? No. Okay. The anointing oil contains oils of orange, roses, cinnamon, musk, and ambergris. Nice. Uh, and usually they make a batch of this oil to last a few coronations. But in May 1941, a bomb hit the deanery, destroying the file. Uh, so they had to make a new batch of this anointing oil. But ambergris is a solid, waxy substance originating in the intestine of the sperm whale. <laughs> uh, in Eastern cultures, ambergris is used for medicines and potions and as a spice. In the West, it was used to stabilize the scent of fine perfumes. Wow. So you now know that there is anointing oil for yeah. coronation. There's anointing oil. I don't well, know. I mean, I, I, I mean, honestly, I would have hoped I would have guessed, like, if I saw a list of which one of these things are used in it? And this is anointing oil. I would have hoped my my knowledge of sci-fi fantasy novels <laughs> and general, I, I don't know, medieval history would have went anointing oil. Of course, that sounds like something. Oil. Man, I really want some anointing. I really got a hankering for some anointing oil. I I, I, I I need some I need some pungent unction 
to rub on my forehead to signify my station in life. I was going to ask you: Do you think is that where they put the anointing oil? Do you think they do it on the forehead? Like I would a, assume it. I would assume like, it's like, like, like forehead or around the eyes or in the brow or something. I think next or maybe time, they just like maybe it's like drizzled on the top of their head and they just let it seep into their hair. <laughs> next time I'm on the train, I'm going to ask around and see if anybody's got any anointing oil. Excuse me. Do you have any anointing oil? I need I need to anoint you know, something. You know, with the, some ambergris and some orange roses, cinnamon and musk. You have any? See, of that? It, it it sounds very. It, it, I mean, obviously, it's very ritualistic, but like, it's like from all points of the empire. It's like a little bit of this and a little bit of that, representing the different reaches of their empire. I mean, it is. I mean, we know people that were alive during this time. Our mothers were alive at this time. And it, it's just oh, like yeah. such a it's like a, such a connection to ancient medieval times. Oh, yeah, it no. sounds like like during the investiture, the the investiture. I don't know if I'm saying that right. The queen first put on the newly made colobium sindonis, a loose linen lawn <laughs> garment, and then a robe of cloth, a robe of cloth of gold called the dalmatic or super tunica. The Lord Great Chamberlain presented the Golden Spurs, the symbol of chivalry, after which nice. the Archbishop of Canterbury presented a jeweled sword, and then the Armills, the Golden Bracelets of Sincerity and Wisdom. Finally, the Queen put on a stole and cloth of gold robe royal and received the orb, the coronation ring, the glove, and then the scepter. It sounds Damn. like something from a He-Man episode, or a, oh yeah, or no, G- it's straight <laughs> up like like this is like like you're saying this is a direct line of of uh, ritual. Oh yeah, it goes back to 1066, right? And even yeah. longer, I'm sure. This stuff, like, well, I mean, like like that, like just within Westminster Abbey, 1066, and of course, That's even nuts. longer. That anointing yeah. oil probably has the recipe that started back with. You know, I would say the druids, but Rome wiped I'm, them all. I'm picturing so. when Bill and Ted go back to the the exactly. medieval the Middle time. Ages with the yeah. Iron Maiden, where they Iron get their Maiden. wives, put them in the Iron Maiden. Excellent. The orb, also made in 1661, was the most important piece of regalia. It's a globe of gold surrounded by a cross, girdled by a band of diamonds, emeralds, rubies, sapphire, and pearls, with a large amethyst at the summit. Uh, Prince Charles was the first child to witness his mother's coronation as sovereign. Princess Anne did not attend the ceremony as she was considered too young. Uh, hmm. Prince Charles received a special hand-painted children's invitation to his mother's huh. coronation. Nice. A total of 8,251 guests attended the Queen's coronation ceremony. Uh, 129 nations and territories territories were officially represented at the service. Uh, BBC coverage of the coronation was a breakthrough for the history of broadcasting. It was the first service to be televised. Nice. And, and for mo- for most people, it was the first time they had watched an event on television. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this was all we've been covering the last couple weeks, if you've been listening, is just new stations, new TV. TV's new. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. That's like this is the first one. And she's still queen. So it's the only one, right, that's ever been on yeah. TV? Oh yeah, no. It's the, well, the only, only British nation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I always like you're you're talking about Prince Charles, and I, I no, I don't give a fuck. But one thing that does <laughs> make me laugh is when people make fun of Prince Charles never being king. Yeah, yeah, because like, like, 
like she'll give it to his son before be he king. gives it to him. So when she does die, he becomes king. Is that right? I, I mean, as far as I know, unless she has it taken care of to where it skips him and goes to one of his kids. Well, it's a murder suicide. Uh, million. I don't. I don't think Prince uh, <laughs> Prince William's gonna murder suicide his mom. No, Prince Charles. I mean, right? Yeah, no, Prince Charles. Yeah, what right. if he just loses it? He murders his mom. <laughs> I'm king for a second, then he kills himself, and then it goes to. Well, it well, should go it, to the American one. That should be great. The Ed Sheeran one. Ed Sheeran one? This isn't the one that moved well, to America looks like Ed Sheeran? He's he's a redhead. He's a ginger. All gingers look the same. Twenty seven hey, million. My nephew's a ginger. Yeah, yeah. I saw a picture of him on Facebook. Is he, is it he's got long hair. I was like, oh, Steve's yeah. got to be proud. Yeah. Oh no, I call him, I call him my ginger abstract. So yeah, I saw the his first day of school picture. I was like, yes, long hair yeah. ginger. Uh, twenty seven million people in the UK, out of the thirty six million population, watched the ceremony on television, and eleven million listened on the radio. There were more than 2,000 journalists and 500 photographers from 92 nations at, on the coronation route. Among the many foreign journalists, journalists was Jacqueline Bouvier. Ooh. Later the first lady of the U.S., Jackie yep. Kennedy. Jackie O. She was working for the Washington Times Herald at the time. Huh. I didn't know if you knew she did that. I didn't know that. I don't think. I, did, I, didn't, I, I did not know her job. When she was a Bouvier, yeah, I didn't know. Knew she her name was yeah. Bouvier. Yeah, I, I yeah, I knew that was Bouvier, and then I, I it always makes me think of Marge Simpson that she's a Bouvier. Exactly. Uh, the return route was designed so that the procession could be seen by as many people in London as possible. The seven point two kilometer route took the sixteen thousand participants two hours to complete. Wow. Many people camped That's... in the mall to catch a glimpse of the procession including a family who would sail all the way from Australia in a catch for the occasion. Thousands Oops. thousands more celebrated throughout the country and the Commonwealth uh, with street parties. They, there were street parties just everywhere. The Ministry of Food granted 82 applications for people to roast oxen if they could prove that by tradition an ox had been roasted at previous coronations, uh, <laughs> which was a welcome concession at the time the meat ration was... Uh, because it was a welcome concession because at the time the meat ration was two shillings a week, so like they broke that ration oh. for this. Um, just under thirty thousand men took part in the procession. Uh, coronation chicken? Have you ever heard of coronation chicken? Have you ever had any coronation chicken? I, I have not had coronation chicken to my knowledge. Well, it was invented for the foreign guests who were to be entertained after the coronation. The food had to be prepared in advance, and florist Constant Spry. Related to Rich Spry, who we went to high school with. Nice. Uh, she proposed, I don't know if they're related. She proposed a recipe of cold chicken and a curry cream sauce with a well-seasoned dressed salad of rice, green peas, and mixed herbs. Constant Spry's recipe won the approval of the Minister of Works and has since been known as Coronation Chicken. That's what Coronation huh. Chicken is. That actually sounds pretty good. Got all of this from Royal.UK. And that's those are the only interesting things I thought were on there out of 50. Um I think so, that's, I, I, I'm pleased with your selection. Yeah. So I think, yeah, they were all like, yeah. if you have to talk about the Royals, let's talk about interesting things. I want some Coronation Chicken. I know. Man. I've never, I, never heard of, I never heard of Coronation Chicken. I've heard of Carnation, Carnation brand things, but never Coronation Chicken. Coronation, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah no. Yeah, coronation exactly. Coronation Chicken, y'all. 
And uh, so we're going to move on. Are you okay with moving past the Royals? Yeah, no, I'm fine moving past the Royals. I'm sure we might talk about it in future episodes. So June 8th in 1953, according to womenshistory.org, Mary Eliza Church Terrell uh, was notable on this day. She was, to give you a background who Mary Terrell was, she was a well-known African-American activist who championed racial equality and women's suffrage in the late 19th and early 20th century. She was an Oberlin College graduate. Terrell was part of the rising black, middle, and upper class. Hey, Oberlin. Yeah, 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 in Ohio, where you are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, She used... She was part of the rising black, middle, and upper class who used their position to fight racial discrimination. She's the daughter of former slaves. Terrell was born in, on September 23, 1863 in Memphis, Tennessee, and her father, Robert Reed Church, was a successful businessman who became one of the South's first African-American millionaires. So uh, Terrell, <coughs> uh, she had earned, from Oberlin, she earned both a bachelor's and master's degree she spent two years teaching at Wilberforce College before moving to Washington, D.C. in 1887 to teach at the M Street Colored High School. <laughs> there she met and in 1891 married Heberton Terrell, also a teacher. The Terrells had one daughter and later adopted a second daughter. But her activism was sparked in 1892 when an old friend, Thomas Moss, was lynched in Memphis by whites because his business competed with theirs. Oh, shit. So Terrell joined Ida B. Wells, Barnett, and anti-lynching campaigns. But Terrell's life work focused on the notion of racial uplift, the belief that blacks would help end racial discrimination by advancing themselves and other members of the race through education, work, and community activism. It was a strategy based on the power of equal opportunities to advance the race and her belief that as one succeeds, the whole race would be elevated. Her words, lifting as we climb, became the motto of the National Association of Colored Women. Uh, a group she helped found. She fought for women's suffrage and civil rights because she realized she realized she belonged to the to the only group in this country that has two huge obstacles to surmount, both sex and race. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, so fast forward again towards the fifties here. Now, on February twenty eighth, nineteen fifty, she was eighty six years old in nineteen fifty. <sighs> Mary Church Terrell invited her friends, Reverend Arthur F. Elms, Essie Thompson, and David Skull to lunch with her at Thompson's restaurant in Washington, D.C. Only Skull was white, and when the four entered the establishment, they took their trays and proceeded down the counter line. The manager told the group that Thompson's policy forbid him from serving them. They demanded to know why they couldn't have lunch in the cafeteria. The manager responded, it was not his personal policy, but Thompson Company, which is the restaurant they were in, because they refused to serve African Americans. The group left without their meals, but the ill-fated lunch date was no accident. As chairwoman of the Coordinating Committee for the Enforcement of the District of Columbia Anti-Discrimination Laws, Terrell was setting up a test case to force the courts to rule on two lost laws. Uh, that, and these lost laws demanded all restaurants and public eating places in Washington serve any well-mannered citizen regardless of their skin color. Over three drawn-out years, a legal battle followed, which ultimately took their case all the way to America's highest court. And on this date, she won. The Supreme Court ruled for her, and they had to serve everyone in D.C. No more D.C. discrimination laws. So I looked into this a little bit, and like, how are these lost laws? And during Reconstruction, as we've talked about here on this podcast a little bit, (coughs) that basically Reconstruction 
you know, they passed all these laws making equal laws and stuff, but then there's all these loopholes and things where yeah. basically slavery still existed and racism law and Jim Crow laws and everything yeah. still made everything awful. But during Reconstruction, the D.C. Legislative Assembly, a mix of popularly elected officials and President Ulysses S. Grant's administration appointees who governed the city, had actually passed two nearly identical laws in 1872 and 1873 that prohibited restaurants, hotels, barbershops, bathing houses, and soda fountains from refusing to sell or serve any well-behaved customer, regardless of race or color. So mm -hmm. th even though those laws were on the books, they were largely ignored for years. Um, and so, in fact, so much that they, people actually kind of forgot that they, that they even existed. Oh, yeah. Um, until after World it. War II, when he President Harry Truman's committee issued a 1948 report titled Segregation Washington, highlighting the extent of injustices that African Americans faced in the nation's capital. So he kind of helped uh, bring that to back, yeah, bring those back. Yeah. Um, but that first lunch was unsuccessful, so they actually went back into Thompson's again uh, because the the court, the initial court, dismissed her case, uh, yeah, uh, saying that the lost laws were repealed by implication or something. And so, but so, so they went back into the restaurant again, did the same thing, and filed another court case. And this one got picked up by the Supreme Court, and they ruled. On June 8, 1953, they historically ended segregation in all Washington, D.C. establishments. Thanks Yay! To Terrell. So, yeah. She was more a hero. reasonable. So, you know, they won't let it be a state. But <laughs> Yeah, and do, you, well, and do you ever hear about Mary Terrell? Have you ever heard of her? No, no, no. Of course not. I'm a white dude in Ohio. Yeah, well, that's it. We don't Man, you know, I have to try to look. Yeah. We have to try to look for shit like that. Yeah. Which, thank you for doing that. Yeah. Thank you for well, that's part of, like, there's this nerdy night show I do there where we talk about kick-ass women who rock. and I've, um, I've, I've watched want... such things on BloomingThumbTheater.org. Yeah. yeah, Vimeo. Yeah, so um, hopefully I would, like to, I would like to tell people about her because I don't know if anybody knows about her. So now I know mm -hmm. about her just from doing exactly. this research on 1953 on American Timeline. Timelines. Because Steve and I are both proud feminists, even though we're fellas. I, yeah. I would say we're feminists, I, right? I, mean, I'm a feminist. I would like to, I, I, I try. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, like, you know, even though I do still throw the, throw the B word around yeah. just occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody's perfect, but we're trying. No, no, no. We're trying. We're trying. We consider ourselves feminists. And so on the same date and the next day, there was a cluster of six tornadoes that touched down in Flint, Michigan, killing 113 people. Uh, and on June 9th in Worcester, Worcester County, killed 94 people, Dang. injured 1,300 people, and left 10,000 people homeless. Uh, it was an extremely powerful tornado that struck the city of Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester, okay. I was, uh, Worcester, Worcester? Worcester, right? Well, I, I'm, I'm a, I I'll, I'll go with Worcester. Worcester? It looks like Worcester, but... Oh, excuse me, I had a beer. This is when Amy would say... Are you okay? And kind of judge that I'm like, oh, that's not really a hiccup, but it's like a no. It's like, like the it's this gas regulation. Yeah, gas regulation. It's internal it gas regulation. Yeah, she's really grossed out by that. So, well, I mean, sometimes it can be disturbing. I guess. Anyway, this tornado that hit Wor Worcester, Massachusetts, was part of the Flint Worcester tornado outbreak sequence, which occurred over a three-day period from June 6th to the 9th. The storm stayed on the ground for nearly 90 minutes. Traveling Thank 48 you. miles, 90 minutes of a tornado. 
48 miles across central Massachusetts. In total, 94 people were killed, making it the 21st deadliest tornado in the history of the U.S. In addition to the fatalities, I already talked about the people there, 4,000 buildings were damaged. The tornado caused $52 million in damage, which translates to $503 million today. Damn. Uh, yeah. Uh, after the Fujita scale was developed in 1971, the storm was reclassified as an F4, the second highest Whoa. rating. Yeah. Uh, that, that, like you don't you don't you you don't see tornadoes like that up in the northeast any like that. Not much anymore. They're usually in the mid, just the middle of the country, right? Yeah. Well, up. I mean, like, well, I mean, generally, like that that type of that type of storm in the northeast usually comes accompanied by like rain and snow. You know, it's weird how different areas have different tornado things. I mean, we've had Northwest Ohio, where we're from, where you are right now. Yeah. It's had some tornadoes that have de- devastated schools and things. And oh yeah, but down here like, in North Carolina, there's no tornado sirens. Like, oh I, no, I guess they're just so rare. I mean, they're not rare. They just don't, but they're more typhoons. Yeah, and they don't get bad. Like, yeah, I found out I drove. I was driving through a tornado one day, and I was like, nice. Oh, a tornado touched down right, and they said like specifically where it was. It's like I was. That's. I mean, it was a big storm. It was really no. raining hard. I just kind of. I was at a stoplight. I was like, Jesus terrible i can't see anything and then i was fine but i was like oh that was a tornado whereas i would have been picked up and thrown in the air probably in northwest ohio but who knows well i mean i, I imagine the geography has something to do with it Ohio's i think part like, of it is yeah we're very hilly here yeah you're very yeah, so flat open areas i think are open for tornado oh yeah no right? i think I flat open areas tornadoes rip some damage through yeah like tornado alley yeah like the kansas area is that in the kansas area I think so. Somewhere Oklahoma. Down yeah, somewhere, like, I was yeah. thinking of Oklahoma. I had a friend that I worked with that was from Oklahoma, and uh, anytime she talked about being from Oklahoma, I just pictured her always being in a tornado. Like, <laughs> I don't well, know. no, like I, I, I say Kansas probably. Well, Kansas, just, yeah, from the Dorothy. All right, that's well, exactly Wizard of Oz. But Wizard of Oz. Oklahoma, the same thing. The only other thing I have to reference is Twister. Yeah. The Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton. Yeah. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Ah, Philip mm-hmm. Seymour Hoffman. Uh, okay, June thirteenth, Duncan. Gary always. Duncan, Duncan Hamilton on June thirteenth, nineteen fifty three, won the grueling nineteen fifty three Le Mans car race. Oh, completely inebriated. Nice. He was hammered. So nice. Yeah, it was. It's. it's he famously won this event in a Jaguar C type, shared with Tony Rolt. And I was like, shared? What is? How are they riding together? And if you look, there's an old timey picture of them in a race car, two guys mm-hmm. in a race car together, and like it's an old timey race car. Initially, the pairing. See, the, the here's how we got drunk. The the pairing were disqualified for practicing in a Jaguar that had the same racing number as another one on the circuit at the same time. Uh, okay. So they were disqualified. So I think they went to the bar and were like, oh, let's get drunk, but they were mm-hmm. reinstated. And Hamilton's account has become a motor racing legend. Uh, when Jaguar team manager, and he says this happened, when Jaguar team manager Lofty England persuaded the organizers to let them race, both drivers were already at the local bar drunk. <laughs> England said, of course I would never have let them race under the influence. I had enough trouble when they were sober. So when the race was underway, the team tried to sober Hamilton up by giving him coffee during the pit stops. <laughs> but, but he refused it, saying it made his arms twitch. 
<laughs> Instead, they gave him brandy. <laughs> that alcohol must have helped because uh, during the race, he, he struck a bird face first at 130 miles per hour and broke his nose. Uh, so that alcohol probably numbed it. Despite, nice. Despite the bizarre circumstances, the duo went on to win the race and recorded the first 100 miles per hour average speed at Le Mans, a record pace. Now, for the record, both England and Rolt denied that they were drunk, but Hamilton nice. admits to being hammered. So that well, I mean, it, that's that? that's wonderful. Isn't that great? A drunk that, I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to support <laughs> driving under the influence, yeah. but I mean, obviously they're trained professionals. That's the thing. Like you should, yeah. next time you get a DUI, just tell the cop, I'm practicing for the say, Le Mans. Hey, in June of 1953, Duncan Hamilton won the Le Mans. Drunk. Well, I mean, you don't have to say like, so you fuck just, you. I'm, 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 perv- I'm training for the Duncan Hamilton there you go. Memorial Le Mans. You could say that instead. Actually, I don't recommend. I, no, I don't that. recommend it either. We're making light of it, and then we can get sued by Mad. No, drunk driving is not okay ever. Take no, a fucking Uber. Take a lift. Don't get behind walk. a fucking wheel of your car, dude. Walk. It's maybe just more. Stay home. Just walk or stay. Just fucking just take an up. Uber. Just stay don't home. Don't be a dick. Stop just driving drunk, you fucking asshole. Drink alone in Fuck the dark. Guys. Jesus fucking Christ. They have Uber fucking, and Lyft for a reason, you fucking pieces of shit. And you're the one. White Do not people. drive fucking drunk. Shit up. Fucking white idiots. Just drink alone in the dark. Yeah. Idiots. Yeah. All right. And June 13th, I'm going to hurry up to get to yours here. June oh, 13th, 1953, Jim Peters, he runs, uh, he, he breaks a world record marathon. Ooh. Uh, a, a, he breaks a world record world running record. a marathon. He, okay. uh, he broke the world record for the men's marathon four times in the 1950s. He was Holy the first shit. runner to complete a marathon in under two hours and 20 minutes, drunk. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He wasn't drunk. Whoa. Uh, two under two hours and 20 minutes, and That's more respectable than just... yeah, yeah, running that drunk. I can't joke. I can't walk fast drunk. That's yeah, crazy. yeah, run. Yeah, running a marathon drunk and taking a dump at full speed. As yeah. George Carlin would say. He ran under two hours and 20 minutes, an achievement which was equated to the breaking of the four-minute mile. He broke a four-minute mile. Can you imagine a four-minute mile? Like, I can't even run a 10-minute mile now. No, I don't even know how to run a mile anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how I'll do it. Just lift your legs up and then put Repeatedly, them back down. yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I know the mechanics behind it. Could you I run do. a marathon in a kilt? You wear kilts. Steve wears kilts, I everybody. I do. I do wear kilts. He wears kilts all if the I time. Can, if I could run a marathon, I imagine I could do it to kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, this guy's day job, well, he was an optician in Mitchum, Surrey, and Chadwell Heath, Essex. He was, a, he was a British guy. June 14, 1953, Elvis Presley graduates from L.C. Humes High School in oh. Mem- Memphis, Tennessee, where he failed a music class and was considered quiet. And he was considered an outsider. He graduated in 1953, becoming the first member of his immediate family to earn a high school diploma. According to History.com, after graduation, he worked at a machinist shop and drove a truck before launching his music career with the July 1954 recording of That's All Right. That's All Right. Yeah. All Right. And that brings us to... Oh, June 20th, 1953, and Steve Bishop is going to take over 
Steve Gruff. Should I take out Bishop? Are you okay with us using your last name? Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, Steve fine. Gruff here is going to take over with a horrible, horrible, awful rape and oh. murder story, probably. Yeah, yeah, no, it's your basic rape and murder. <laughs> I, uh, you love true crime, and all you talk about is true crime all day. Are you I eating, do, are you I eating do wings? Talk, what? Did you just take a bite of a chicken wing? No, no, I just I, I had a uh, ginger chewy in my mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah, take that out for your, your recording podcast. I forgot to take that out before. Yeah, that's, yeah. That makes sense. Okay, and now you're going to take it away. This is mm. this is your podcast now, Franklin. Mm. Thank you, sir. Don't fuck it up. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> I'm trusting you with my podcast. Well, I mean, just for at least part of it. Yeah. You know. You'll do fine. I have faith in you. I appreciate your faith in me. You're a good guy. I, 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 I People like, like you. Well, I like you. I All like right. You, you go. Right. You do it. Thanks. june 20th 1953 auction city california auction city auction city it's in the norwalk area which is uh about 20 miles inland from the coast okay stella darlene nolan was a well-behaved eight-year-old that would check in every hour her mother would say oh So nothing yeah. bad will happen to her because she's well Nothing. So she'd check in every hour. Okay. So it struck her mother odd that one June day, her daughter did not check in between the hours of 8 and 9 p.m. Uh-oh. So an eight-year-old did not touch base with her mom between the hours of 8 and 9. So Elena Nolan, the mother, posted the disappearance in the Daily Bulletin. Oh. The disappearance and possible abduction. Because I guess in Auction City, they would post things in this daily bulletin. Okay. In the hope that someone might know something. All right. Their fingers crossed she would be able to cancel it in, in a day or two. Well, they're lucky they have a daily bulletin. Yeah, no, because kids, I guess, turned up missing on a fairly regular basis. Oh, boy. But they would just show up in a day or two and then they'll just clear the daily bulletin oh, so boy. you wouldn't have to worry the cops yeah wow. yeah that's the way and that's the way it was and we liked it in the 50s it was the 50s like when our parents were this age this is yeah. kind of well some listeners grandparents yeah that's true you know? depending on the demographics depending on the of age. listeners i mean they can do the math yeah you guys do the 50, math it's 53 we're not doing the math no, she was born in 45. Yes. Oh, you know, this Stella Darlene Nolan. Okay. Okay. So she, she puts so, the bulletin out. She thinks I she can believe in a couple of days when she comes back. It's like a exactly. cat. That's what you do with cats. Like I had a yeah. cat. My, one of our cats disappeared for like three days one time. Yeah, we thought she was dead. She's up. never coming back. And she came back. She yeah. Was, I don't know where was she fine. was. She had a limp and that limp went away and she was fine. But no idea where she was for those three And days. this was 2020? 2013? That, oh, that was like 2007 or 8 or something. That's even better. That's yeah. like 2000. That's like, you know, over the course of 50 years. Yeah. You know, 50 years ago, yeah. You would treat your child like a missing cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 That's right. So, anyway, yeah. A couple days passed, and yeah. Elena and Owen, the father, well, have left behind worry for desperation. 
Oh. They reveal they finally reach out to the police and reveal to the police that they're not actually Stella's birth parents. Oh. They've just been they've just she's just been in her custody since near birth. Oh. They had so, to explain this to the cops, huh? Yeah. Now it's getting so, weird. Yeah, so the cops track down her birth mother who lives from the trailer from the little trailer park in Compton, the authorities track down Stella's birth mother, Betty Jean Stalkup Eccles in Texas with a three year old of her own. Betty Jean Stalkup Eccles, y'all. She had her she had a three year old, so she was okay. cleared of all charges. She had a three year old. And how old is this? How old is Stella? Eight. Eight. Okay, yeah. Eight. So I mean it's not I mean it's they're five years apart. Yeah. You know, no big deal. She might not have been ready to have a kid then and just gave it up or something. Yeah. It, it never specified in the article. Okay. It, it never specified. So, but she was cleared. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So now it's early July. Okay. We're into early July. Do you have anything for early I didn't, July? I didn't, the ones you said that were like just general I feel, times, I, I didn't, I didn't do those. All right. So. That's, that's Sorry. Barely a month post the disappearance. Stella's 20-year-old cousin, William R. Nolan, was jailed on a technical booking in Long Beach as a key suspect. Oh. Yeah. Okay. We have a key suspect. He's, we don't know why? Or... No. No. Doesn't specify why he was picked up other than he was kind of a 20-year-old a, a living by himself. Yeah. It's probably know. skeevy. What was his name? Nolan? William. William, William R. Nolan, Nolan. William R. Nolan just sounds like a skeeve bag. Well, I mean, <laughs> he's, he had conflicting stories as to where, as to his whereabouts. Yeah, that'll, that's but, suspicious. Conflicting stories. Where yeah, were you, Nolan? Were you here? Were you up, there? Which one's right? He was hither and John. Ah. He couldn't make up his mind. He was thither and thon. <laughs> That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, the lab guys couldn't find anything in his convertible or his bungalow court apartment. Oh, he's got a bungalow court apartment? Yeah, he's guilty. And a convertible. And a convertible? Yeah. Guilty. Yup. Cut off his balls. But yeah. they, uh, there was nothing. There was nothing there, so they let him go. All right. Let him go. No evidence. There was one crank caller telling the Nolans that their little girl was alive. But other than that, Ooh. nothing else. A crank call that said she's yep. alive. Yep. Other than, you know, the article went on to talk about a couple other random people they picked up. Yeah. But it was had nothing to do with Stella. None of them were to do None with Stella. Them, no. So flash forward to... Mid October 1953. Okay, mid October 1953. We're a little bit farther. Yeah. Well, now Nolan, the cops they they allowed hope to creep in for a little bit. I mean, this is four months. This little girl's missing. Oh yeah, and they they they, they allowed hope to creep in a little bit with yeah. the like a couple of the people, a couple randoms they picked up who were admitting to it. However, nothing, nothing questioning and lie detector tests. So these All random people were, were admitting that they took her? Yes. And then, then they did a lie it detector. had grown. Yeah. It had grown in local lore. Oh, for the fame. They were trying to get fame. Yeah. Fame, fame exactly. mongers. At least 300 tips were investigated without success. Wow. 
Huh. So on the second anniversary, June 20th, 1955. Oh, June 20th, 1955, the same night yes. that on CBS, Ethel and Albert was on TV. It's a show about a married couple, Ethel and Albert Arbuckle, living in the small town of Sandy Harbor. Huh. Same night that I show was on? I never knew that. Ethel I wonder if that, I, I wonder if, uh, I wonder if that was, uh, like, at least a, uh, I don't know, an influence on John Arbuckle. Maybe the maybe they were John Arbuckle's parents. Yeah, maybe like John Arbuckle was from the would grew up on a farm. Oh. Maybe they were his city cousins. Could be. But that show was on CBS that same day that, that you were about to tell me something happened. Oh yeah, that the sheriff's detectives believed that Stella had been quote kidnapped and killed by a sexual psychopath. Yeah. Oh God. That's yeah. not very fun. No, no, not at all. I, I'm, I'm going to go on the record and just say that I do not approve of sexual psychopaths. No, I'm not. I'm not. I do not approve I, of them. I, I, I mean, they I don't children. like making. Yeah, especially in regards to children. If it's two consenting adults, then yeah, then you can be a sexual be a, psychopath. I'm cool with that. Yeah, you know, get a safe word. I'm sure yeah. everyone will be fine. <laughs> what was like molasses? Is that a good safe word? I maybe. It's, I don't think I, I don't know if, if you and I if you and I were gonna you know dabble and you dabble? wanted and yeah and, and I insisted on the safe word being molasses would you be okay with that yeah I just make sure there's no molasses involved <laughs> that's the problem if you want to yeah. introduce molasses and then that's yeah, your and safe, the safe word, word was molasses yeah maybe we should rethink this whole thing well I mean no no it's just I, I guess I'm thinking molasses. we maybe we shouldn't maybe we shouldn't dabble. Well, I mean, certainly not without a agreed upon safe word. Maybe some parameters. <laughs> if it's like not molasses, I ain't like... doing it. Well, I mean, that's and not... if there's not molasses involved, I ain't doing it. What about maple syrup? Isn't that just molasses? Molasses is a slightly different. As what a slightly, is the difference? I think the difference is makeup. I think the difference is sugar content. It is. I'd be willing to bet. How much are you willing to bet? Uh, Muppet's left nut. <laughs> Muppet was a guest on American Timelines. He, he was, was a movie expert a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, he is Muppet. a movie expert. Yeah. He is. I mean, uh, Beth Brandon Wilhelm for those listeners at home. All right, back to your story. <laughs> so back. So Mrs. Elaine and Nolan. I'm not used to somebody place. actually indulging my sidetracks. I'm usually used to have my wife just telling me to shut up and move on. Uh, well, but I mean, you actually indulge be, everything I say. Well, this is I mean, great. I think it's better than child rape. Yes, <laughs> it's better. I think you're, I, I, you know, <laughs> me talking about molasses and a safe word is better. Yeah. Okay, back to you. So, oh, the, I forgot to say on uh, Ethel and Albert, uh, uh, Peggy Lynch created it, starred Peggy Lynch and Al, Alan Bunce. Okay, back to you. <laughs> I, I was like, I, I was hoping one of those names would sound familiar. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Margaret wow. Hamilton was in it too. I don't know who that is. I, I don't. That's no nothing. No nothing. Pops and buzzes over here. All right, back to your horrible rape. Child, uh, Mrs. Elena Nolan to the gathered press, quote, we'll never give up hope until we're both dead, end quote. Wow. So March 6, 1970. <laughs> oh, March 6, 1970, the same day that yeah. on Hogan's Heroes, Burkholder yeah! discovers, <laughs> I knew you'd like this one, Burkholder <laughs> discovers Schultz goofing off and orders him to the Russian front. Oh, that was on TV the same day that oh, whatever you're so about to say happened. Well, 
uh, on earlier that day. Yeah, before before that, that afternoon, Hogan's before, Heroes was on. Yeah, in in Silmar, California, a man by the name of Mac Ray Edwards walked into the foothills division of the LAPD, yeah. gave them a loaded handgun, and admitted to kidnapping three local girls earlier in the day. Oh boy! Following the surrender came the admission of his sins or at least six of the 20 murders he ended up being suspected of committing. More than 20 murders he ended up. He packaged his plea as that of a guilty conscience saying, quote, this is fun. Not, this is fun. Yeah, he He didn't didn't say say this is fun. You're saying this is fun. That would not have really gone well with, I have a guilty conscience. I thought this was really fun. No, I don't think that, I mean, it was the 70s, but. Yeah. So, I have a guilt complex. I couldn't eat and I couldn't sleep, and it was beginning to affect my work. You know, I'm a heavy equipment operator. That long grader I'm using now, I'm using now costs a lot of money, $200,000. I might wreck it or turn it over and hurt someone, end quote. Now he's worried about hurting someone. That was his excuse. And now, all the child was, rape and murder I did earlier the, is making him lose sleep. Yeah. Yeah, he, the 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 the, the girls he admitted to kidnapping earlier in the day, aged raid uh, ages ranged from twelve to fifteen, and that was kids he 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 kidnapped he, there in nineteen seventy. Yeah, that day, him and a couple yeah. of accomplices. Jeez, but he also admitted to the fifties. Yeah, stuff? but he he just went he just went full bore. Yeah, just told me I everything. Yeah, I, I need didn't to sleep so I can use that machinery. Yeah, the fun thing about the the long grader, a uh, 2010 VHP plus motor grader goes for about two hundred thousand dollars now at oh. GovPlanet.com. <laughs> GovPlanet. Shout out to GovPlanet.com where you can get an industrial grade grader. Amazing deals on government surplus equipment. Amazing deals on government surplus equipment brought to you by this awful child rape. Well, for all your nation building needs. Yes. So anyway. (laughs) That's a good uh, way to introduce our sponsor. Uh, No, they have not sponsored us. They have have not sponsored us, but they might be willing to after they hear this. I don't know. I mean, they're, I mean, they maybe not the way we put that ad in. No, but anyway, (laughs) horrible thing about true crime. It's like we talk about these horrible, these people being victimized and their awful rapes. These poor people suffered brought to you by Kellogg's. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know. Brought to you by now, what are the Squarespace? You know, it's all that. Brought to you by Magic Spoon Masterclass. Yeah, <laughs> this Masterclass rape. in dispo- body disposal. <laughs> this this rape brought Master- to you by Masterclass. Uh, in no way has Masterclass no, sponsored us all. to say a rape. Nor uh, Squarespace. Yeah, none of those places were just. Nor Gulf Planet. These are just com. jokes. Like it's funny to yeah. think of that, even though these aren't funny things. Juxtaposition. You got a kind of joke around to get through the awfulness that is the world history. Cool. Yeah. Okay, back to you. So my, a long, my greatest. gruff, tattooed friend with a Prince Albert. Oh well, thank you, my <laughs> bearded, loud friend. With uh, clan tattoos. That came off wrong. No, it's not. A, I'm not in the Ku Klux Klan. No, it's a no, family it's a cr- clan. It's, it's a, a family crest. It's a Scottish clan yeah. that are not racist. They are not no. racist. No. 
And then the then the yeah. Okay. The, a long grader yeah. is used in freeway construction. Uh, okay. That's that was his job. He was a heavy equipment. He was a heavy equipment uh, operator. So he could have killed a lot of people. In freeway construction jobs, which is why a highway crew was given the job of retrieving the remains of Mac Edwards' first victim, Stella Darlene Nolan. Oh, we gave her away. Yeah, I'm Because you years. always remember your first one. I mean, you imagine all that. Like, I mean, you and I have talked about oh. this. Like, we, you know, I lose sleep at night over emails I forgot to send or like somebody I forgot to. Th- Mm-hmm. Whatever, and I'm losing sleep, and I can't. I can't imagine the amount of sleep you lose if you murdered and raped people for 20 years, children, children, and then buried their bones in various sections of the California highway. Jeez, oh, oh, he they, did, they, huh? Yeah, because oh yeah, no, the they're highway. still they're still fi- they've been finding remains all the way up to like 2010. Oh my goodness, they, he's holy so rape. His first victim. M.R. Edwards recounted the tale of snatching Stella in Oxen City and spiriting her six-plus hours away to Azusa, California. It was there in his home where he molested then strangled young Stella. Thinking her dead, he threw her from a nearby bridge. Oh, fuck. Returning to double-check his death disposal, he all at once had to do a double take as it seemed Stella was neither disposed of nor dead. Oh. In fact, she, these, this eight-year-old, had crawled slash drug herself roughly 100 feet to a sitting position where, where she sat in a daze oh. trying to recover when M.R. Edwards took out his trusty pocket knife and proceeded to stab her repeatedly unto death. What in the world? Why do some people suffer this horrible shit? I I oh, don't know. My good lord! Like what in the? How the, can I'm, one person have to go through all that in life, and an eight-year-old girl? Oh, great! It's the worst fucking thing ever. Oh, what happened? No, no, my Google assistant heard me talking about child murder and wants to help. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Dude, seriously, this this has wreaked havoc on my... Your algorithms, yeah. That's the one thing is I should have like, recommended. I should have told you when you're doing research for this podcast, you have to log out as yourself and log in as a guest or else it'll ruin all of your algorithms. My well, algorithms I, I, are ruined. I, I, have, I, have, I was using not my primary one, but still it's just like, whoa. Yeah, it's, yeah. No, so you're going like, to get on yeah. some list somewhere. They're going to think you're suddenly... Some I, dude who's like researching yeah. how to murder. I I, I I I live next door to a police station. I'll just go explain. I was on a podcast. Here's the episode. Maybe Look, we'll get more, li- maybe we'll get more my paperwork. <laughs> we'll get more listeners that way. That's hosting yeah. a podcast. American Timeline. Check it out. Uh, I like but, weed and onions and Slumgullion. I- do <laughs> you like onions? You do. I do have a preference of. Of purple over red over yellow over white, <laughs> you know? and that's not talking as I'm getting into capers and greens and the smaller of the onions <laughs> that you can just snack on. Here's the difference between you and Amy. I can get you sidetracked very easily. Oh yeah, no, uh, I and I love it, and I'm. I will, I will gleefully hop off subject. Yes. <laughs> so the 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 description I wrote down of this fucko. Yeah. 
he could be Gomer Pyle's dead-eyed doppelganger. Oh, is that what he looks like? He looks like yeah, it looks like Jim Neighbors is like like hard older brother. Oh. But the Van Nuys Superior Court kept him on death row. He asked for the death penalty. He attempted suicide twice while on trial. Wow. He he actually accomplished it by hanging himself with a television cord. Oh, he in did. His cell in San Quentin State Prison on October 30th, 1971. Oh, he hung himself with a television cord? He did the... hang himself with a television cord. Oh, he just strangled himself? Yeah, like he he didn't like hung, he didn't like hang himself like a jacket. He hanged himself. Yeah, he hanged himself with a television cord on the same day that on the Mary Tyler Moore show, assuming that the relentless Howard Arnell won't be going, Mary decides to attend a high school reunion and Rhoda comes along that same nice. day. <laughs> Maybe he watched that before he did it. <laughs> Maybe he watched that as he was leaving this earth. Like he had well, to he, wait, he, wait. He, let me see the end of this. Oh, Rhoda's coming on. Okay. Oh, good oh I like Rhoda. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, yeah, no more TV for everyone. I wonder if Rhoda will ever be on a show called Valerie's Family. Oh, ah, Valerie, whatever. Anyway, and everyone cheered because people in jail hate pedos. Yeah, they should. Yes, everyone should. Yeah. No, I think you should everyone. hate pedos. Like that's we like all the be one. Able to yeah. agree on that. Speaking like, of hating pedos, our high school math teacher was a pedo who got caught for child porn a few years back. I mean, way after we had him. Oh, yeah. And so uh, Steve and I have thought about maybe going to visit him at some point. And, uh, what? No, you, you and Jacob <laughs> thought about going. I just want to know. I just want, I want to know if that's true. Like, I think about that. Like, are people beating the shit out of him or do they know? Like, do all the other prisoners automatically know what you're in for? Can you lie well, I mean, and say like computer hacking? I, w- I would, I would, I mean, there's an unfortunate amount of uh, pedos in our school system. I think. Yeah, the problem. Technically, was. yeah, yeah, that's a. And we weren't even Catholic. Yeah, that's I, true. We weren't. We were just yeah. white trash. We're hey. You can get away pickings. with anything against white trash. Hey, easy pickings. That's true. You know. Poor white people are the easiest targets. That is true. Well, is that the story? Is that the complete st- line up? Have you, yeah. What? Have you completed the saga of Stella Dolan? Uh, yeah, no, that's the the only thing I have left to say is this, the inf- this information originally appeared on Joan Renner's website, Deranged L.A. Crimes. Okay. It was later uh, repackaged for lamag.com okay. backslash City Think blog backslash. <laughs> I don't really know what backslash is. I know. Uh, but thank you for that. That was good, Steve hey, Bishop. No problem. You I did a great job, Gruff. That was a great Thanks, job. Bud. So let's, let's wherever you are, listeners, in the car, in the office, at work, in a quiet library, let's give them a round Coop of applause uh, for covering a true thank crime you. story. Thank very you. good job. It was very thank good. Well, well done. Well read, just like how we do on here. Uh, exactly like Amy does. Well, I mean, I mean, I hope I, 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 you know, I don't know. You did fine. And now we got a couple more things, and then we're going to end the episode because we're going to finish June. I just have a couple things to, to add. Um, and we have our first birthday. So we got to play the theme song. Amy, Amy hates birthdays. Amy hates birthdays. 
hates birthdays, but I got. I know, but that. I don't oh, mind but... birthdays. <laughs> yeah. Steve doesn't mind birthdays. He doesn't mind birthdays. Yeah, we'll have to have Matt Truman record a new version. No, that no, you don't you, mind no, you don't, no. I, I mean, you. I think that the song should remain Amy Hayes' birthdays because I personally, I really enjoy the song. Okay, so this first one, I'm going to make you try to guess. I'm going to give you this person's bio. Right. You try to guess who was born. Think about the age here. They were born in 1953, so they'd be like 70, almost 70, right? Late 60s. Late Wait. 60s, yes, 53. 53. In 2023, they'll be 70, 60. so late 60s. So this person was born in Brooklyn to a Catholic family. Okay. Her father, Fred was of German and Swiss descent. Her mother, Katrine, is of Italian descent from Sicily. Her siblings are younger brother Fred, nicknamed Butch, and older sister Ellen. Her parents divorced when she was five. Her mother remarried... Sophia Loren? Nope. Damn it. Her, her Peter mo- Moreno. No, hold on. Her mother remarried and divorced again. Seems like she just, her mother just got remarried time after time. She grew oh. up in the Ozone Park neighborhood of Queens, and as a child, listened to such artists. Yep, as the Beatles and Judy yeah. Garland. At age twelve, she began writing songs and playing an acoustic guitar given to her by her sister. Enough. And she and her sister might have been she bopping. Who knows? <laughs> this birthday girl expressed herself with a variety of hair colors and eccentric clothing, proving oh. that girls just want to have fun. Oh. And she took a friend's advice to spell her name C Y N D I rather than C I N D Y. Her unconventional sense of style led to classmates bullying and throwing stones at her. She went to Richmond High, Richmond Hill High School. Uh, the colors were maroon, home of the Lions. Uh, notable alumni include Rodney Dangerfield and nice. Phil Rizzuto. But, nice. but she was expelled from this school, although she later earned her GED. She left home at 17 to escape her abusive stepfather, who showed his true colors. Yeah. Intending to study art, her journey took her to Canada, where she spent two weeks in the woods with her dog, Sparkle, <laughs> try, trying to find herself. She eventually traveled to Vermont, where she took art classes at Johnson State College and supported herself working odd jobs. In 2019, Cindy Lauper gave the commencement address at Northern Vermont University uh, Johnson the Academy Institution that now includes Johnson State. At this event, NVU awarded her the honorary degree of doctor of letters nice. in the early 70s Lopper performed at a vote as a vocalist with various cover bands one called doc west covered disco songs as well as janice joplin a later band flyer was active in the new york metro area singing hits by bands including bad company jefferson airplane and led zeppelin although she was performing on stage she was not happy singing covers she damaged her vocal cords uh in 1977, she damaged her vocal cords and had to take a year off singing. She was told by doctors she would never sing again. But she regained her voice with the help of vocal coach Katie Agresta. So huh. thank you, Katie Agresta, for bringing yeah. us the great Cindy Lauper. Seriously. Uh, yeah. She was born on June 22nd, 1953. So that's a birthday. That's how you do that's a birthday. With somebody that's who how you doesn't do a get, Yeah, when, you, you, when you're telling a birthday to somebody who doesn't hate birthdays. Well, I mean, it's it's... I don't know. June, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, get, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. June 25th, 1953, the first passenger to fly commercially around the world in less than 100 hours happened. I couldn't find who it was or how that happened. Okay. Uh, that same day, June 25th, it was 86 degrees in Anchorage, Alaska. That was huh. 
That's that's. And then we got another birth. We got a double birthday on June 29th. Double. So double song. Amy, Amy hates birthdays. Amy hates birthdays. Okay, we got two, two rockers born on the same day, June 29th, okay. 1953. Uh, yeah, the first one, in the late 70s, he was playing in a Los Angeles-based band called Airborne. And he had the opportunity to reach a record deal in Germany after seeing the band Exciter with future bandmates George Lynch and Mick Brown. He tried to... Dawkins? Yes! He tried to recruit them nice. for a new band. You knew Dawkins' band members. Yeah. Dawkins! <laughs> Amy would have never known that. Uh, Lynch and Brown were not interested in joining forces with him, though, when he first contacted him. So Don, with the help of one of Exciter's songs, secured the deal in Germany and convinced Lynch and Brown, along with bassist Juan Crucier, I, uh, sure. to join him in Dachin soon after he received it. During this time, his time in Germany, though, I don't know if you know this, Dachin no. befriended the German band Scorpions. Oh, I knew there was a Scorpions connection somewhere in there. I could smell Klaus Mein. <laughs> he could smell. He sang with them in rehearsals for their Blackout album while lead vocalist Klaus Mein was being treated for nodes for his vocal cords. Don, oh. Don had stated that he, he recorded scratch vocals for No One Like You, You Give Me All I Need, and Dynamite. Don also stated, I was just helping Klaus out, and you'll never hear those tracks because it's not fair to the Scorpions. Mine recovered and returned to record the album. Now, the other birthday on the same day, Another rock and roll guy. Think about the oh, age shit. here. A Scottish-born Australian-American musician who emigrated to Australia in his youth. He's a singer, songwriter, and actor. Came to prominence as a lead shit. vocalist of the band Men at Work. Oh, oh, Cullen, Cullen something or other. And later as a solo artist, his music has been used frequently by actor and director Zach Braff in his work which helped a career rebirth in the mid-2000s. Colin Hay has also yes. been a, he was also a member of Ringo Starr's Ringo Starr and his All-Star Band, which I did not know that. I I, 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 I wish I would have remembered his last name as Hay because I did, know, I did know that. He's been in movies such as Kosai, a TV show such as Larry Sanders Show, Jag, The Mickey Malloy Show, A Million Little Things, and Scrubs, which I had no idea he was ever in movies and stuff. Uh, but Colin I, Hay was just, we just had him at our theater recently. Nice. I've, the I've, uh, and you'll I, be good to know he is not an anti-masker. He actually got on stage. We had one guy at that show that wouldn't put his mask on. He was throwing a big fit. Colin Hay goes out and it's like, thank goodness for people who know how to put on a concert the right way and follow the rules. Because we were making everybody wear a mask. And there were rules in place and everybody was safe. And we had a good concert yeah. in this pandemic safely. Everybody complied. Everybody kept their masks on. Everybody was healthy. No problems. And he was like, thank you. And he kind of was like, Blumenthal knows how to run. People know who know how to that's run. Cool. I mean, that's cool. It's I, hard to I, do. I'm trying to remember the... Uh, it, was, it, was, it was a show like Thistle and Shamrock, but it wasn't Thistle and Shamrock. But it was like one of those singer-songwriter NPR shows. Oh, that he was on? He was uh, yeah. interviewed on? Yeah, it was really good. It was like it was how I was aware that he still did stuff. Yeah, I was. I was and I people still come. It. They like him. Yeah, June so he was oh, born yeah. on June 29th, nineteen fifty three. And then the last thing I have is on June thirtieth, nineteen fifty three. The first Chevrolet Corvette was manufactured. Huh. Chevy Corvette. Yeah, uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. 
Yeah, that's where they. So the first one was made in Flint, Michigan. Nice. Uh, even better. The first production was in Flint, Michigan, and then it moved to Kentucky. I think after that, yep. there's a whole. Bunch. I think it's. Boring. I have like just tons and tons of paragraphs on that, but we don't. We're running out of time. We've been talking for a while here. We uh, have been so, getting sidetracked. I'm yeah, sorry we get side- that. No, that's great. I love it. So that's well, and no, so if I you like the too, sidetracking but... thing, that's going to be the Loud and Gruff show will be for you because all it is is basically gruff. And loud, sidetracking. It's just yeah, sidetracks. No, yeah, no. It's... We've got hours of audio of, of us just sidetracking. We've got some video. We've done. We've been playing with some video shows. So if you like meandering conversation that jumps from one topic to another, <laughs> seemingly willy nilly, by two guys with ADD in their forties. Yeah. That like beer and weed. Yeah, we, we enjoy like our it. intoxicants, light yeah. intoxicants. That's right. I'm drinking a Reptar juice by 26 Acres Brewing. I'm the beer guy. He's the weed guy. Together, yeah. we're loud and gruff. Thank you for listening no, to American thank Timelines. You for, thank you for listening. Hopefully, you time heads can deal with I know a lot of people are listening because Amy, everyone likes Amy and her voice. She's much better than I am. She's great, but this will yeah. be different. We're going to hold you. We're going to hopefully keep you guys listening a little bit for a little while. Just Patience uh, and press, you know. What'd you think, Steve? Through. How'd you feel? Back. You feel good about it? Did you have fun? Oh, do I feel good? Yeah, I feel fine. Was it fun? I feel fine. You're not yeah. mad that I made you do this? No. You would no. come back. Will you come back and host a future one? Well, I'll come back. Yeah, I'll. I'll, I'll You'll do no, this again. Yeah, I'll gladly yes. do it again. No. Sucker! Thanks for listening. It's time we get out of here. Chuck Berry. Oh, that's right. I, I, I got your tagline. I need to write that you want to try it? What what is it exactly? Get out of here, Chuck Berry. It's time to get out of here, Chuck Berry. Get out of here, right. Chuck Berry. Get out of here, Chuck Berry. There you yeah. go. And get out of here, Chuck Berry. And let Dale through. Oh, there it is. I always had to let Dale through. I don't no, know if I, I always like do it, but anyway, yeah. Thanks for listening. This was great. Thanks, buddy. Hey, thanks, Kyle. Truman Ego Trip is the greatest band of all time by their music.